Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another brand new episode. Um, whether you've been here or you're a first timer, thank you for joining me and I uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Episode 1002 with Boss Battle. I had a lot of fun hanging with Boss Battle at practice the other day, talking all about their brand new EP, Action Items, that is available everywhere you get your digital music at now and on tape. If you uh, come out to a show or visit their Bandcamp page and get one of those. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, we go through the whole EP, talking about each track and uh, some of the stories and everything that behind all these songs. So hope you enjoy it. I uh, do want to remind you, as always... Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri. Serving up all your craft beer needs. Over 25 rotating taps out there and uh, all kinds of delicious food, burgers and nachos and pretzels and flatbread pizzas and whatever you're into. Come on out and get a delicious meal and a cold beverage. And you can hear some great live music out there on Friday, October 28th. Jeff Walchauser returns. And Sun, uh, Saturday, October 29th is their Halloween party, uh, including a costume and pumpkin carving contest and live music from Mickey Scott. You can find their full menu and concert calendar and everything else at friendshipbrewingcompany.com. And again, come out and visit them in Wentzville, Missouri. Uh, new locations on the way in um, Hannibal, Missouri. So uh, hopefully uh, more details coming soon. But get plugged in with them on Facebook and Instagram for more updates. And a uh, big thank you again to my friends at Roughneck Beard Company and American Rambler for their continued support. Stop in and visit them in the Maplewood area or shop 24-7 at roughneckbeardcompany.com. It's officially beard season. The weather is cooling off and it's prime time for growth. Whether you're keeping it going or growing it out for the first time, Roughneck Beard Company products make it better. Eliminate the itch and set the stage for a faster, fuller growth with Roughneck's full line of beard oils, balms, washes, and nutrient sprays. Uh, again, you can find all their oils, balms, washes, soaps, combs, whatever you might need to take care of that beard and mustache at roughneckbeardcompany.com and use my code RPP15 for an exclusive 15% off your purchase. It's a great way to support local business and keep this show going. So thank you, everybody, for their continued support. And um, if you need anything else from me, please feel free to reach me at rockpaperpodcast.com. Hit me up on the socials. Email me at rockpaperpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And with that out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy this brand new episode with Boss Battle. Um, the podcast is kind of like a... It's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
That's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. That's the one. Keep going, this is great. <laughs> hey, this is Boss Battle. There's four of us. You're listening to Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. This is beat paper, paper covers rock. Rock beats is the shame, covers nonstop. Never know what new kind of guests that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot could be rock, folk, country, or hip hop, jazz. All kind of folks. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out today with the guys of Boss Battle. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, hey, yes, hey, hey. Thank you very much. Yeah, this is cool, hanging out here at... Uh, uh, practice space and uh, these are always fun for me to kind of live on location with the band getting to get a little preview of what it's like uh, hanging out at the at band practice and stuff so um, but I think uh, I guess before we get rolling uh, too far into this you all want to go around the mics and introduce yourselves and uh, say hi I'll start all right Alex Winters drums he talks. <laughs> thank, yeah, oh, thank you for giving me a microphone. <laughs> Andrew Bono, I play guitar and I scream and shout. Uh, Chris Schott, I uh, play keyboards and sing about half the songs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm Will, I'm the bass player. Um, Chris and I lead, share uh, lead vocal responsibilities. Yeah. But uh, Chris is the showman. <laughs> nah, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what, uh, you know, definitely one of the first things I noticed as I was uh, listening to the EP on the way over is that you guys do split vocals. And I always find that a lot of fun, like, um, uh, you know, just to get, offers a lot of variety in what the band is able to do and stuff, having multiple lead singers and stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's always one of my favorite things to having multiple voices coming through like that. Yeah, and we like getting on each other's songs, you know, to be able to throw a blend in there, harmonize with each other, you know, or just add something to something, you know, and, and that way it still sounds cohesive at the end of the day. Every song is a boss battle song, whether he's singing it or I'm singing it. You know, it's not like we have an Uncle Tupelo <laughs> situation brewing. <laughs> I wish we had an Uncle Tupelo I know, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> We'd be it's a lot neat cooler. to see the, the dynamic when we work to songs together. You guys are both holding the door open for each other. And it's like, well, you want to sing this one? No, you can sing this one. Uh, no, you sing it. I sang that yeah. last part. What's kind of cool with that is I feel like that happens organically. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll bring in like a song idea and we'll start playing it. I'm like, I think this is a Will song. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I may have not even felt that way even 10 minutes prior. But um, Or sometimes he'll come in with a lick and I'll be like, I'm grabbing this. <laughs> this, I, I have some, this makes me mad and I'm going to say something <laughs> about it. <laughs> Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, you can't ignore Andrew's screaming. You just no, can't. I just, I just holler. It's a, <laughs> he hollers and, you know, and Alex keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> as best I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess take me back a little bit. Let's start at uh, the the uh, origin, I guess, of uh, Boss Battle, how things uh, 
came to be on with this project. Uh, you guys are fa- fairly new to, uh, you know, you got a lot of you guys have been in other bands, but as far as Boss Battle, is still a pretty new project, right? I would say yeah, because uh, interestingly enough, like we've this is a pa- kind of a pandemic band, even though that it 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 technically formed before the pandemic happened. We were uh, this was like the end of 2019, I think, right? So uh, a year uh, the year before that, I was actually on your podcast for a different project. It was a, a solo ska record that I had like put together, uh, and um, and you were kind enough to like let me kind of showcase it there. Yeah, and about a you know. A year passed and I was playing with other bands and stuff. And um, I've just always had this like itch to keep that project going. But it was just me. So like, you know, like <laughs> it's hard to like uh, organize that. And um, I, I, I did the, the classic, the, the total classic put the ad on the Craigslist looking for folks. Because the thing about St. Louis, especially I guess even like 2019, um, uh, there's no reason for you to know this. But like recently, the past year or so, there's been actually a ska resurgence uh, internationally, like yeah. it's, it's kind of bumped back up on the radar for some bands that have gotten some notoriety. Um, and so, uh, I, I was, I was feeling that happening or starting to happen. And I thought it might be kind of cool to, to put together like a, like a real band. And, um, luckily, uh, I think, the, I don't know how long the ad was up for, like maybe a couple days and Will shoots me this message and he's like, Hey, I'm so down. And originally I wanted this to be like a, uh, like a soul ska kind of like the slackers or hepcat like in that realm of like uh, soul music but like you know with some like reggae like rock steady influence stuff uh and uh it has not turned into that at all but uh, <laughs> uh which is honestly a blessing i think uh but will responded and and will um uh, was in a, in a really really awesome band uh back in the day who still does things periodically love it uh isaac green and the scholars later known as the scholars and uh I, that that was one of my favorite bands <laughs> when that band was a very active. Right. Uh, so I was a little like, did you know it was Will from the Scholars at that moment? He told me. Okay. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah, I pretty much put that on my calling card. You, <laughs> yeah. name, you name dropped yourself. Right. My, yeah. my, my, my Gmail is Will from the Scholars <laughs> at Gmail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, I was immediately like, oh hell yeah! Like, like I want to play music with this guy for sure. Yeah. So. Uh, so that was that's you hadn't met prior to no the, yeah no yeah. not at all yeah. uh, and then uh, uh, I, I think Will knew Alex from from yeah. uh, maybe a, a different music project um, and dragged dragged you into this yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then Andrew uh, I, I I don't know remember like it I, ended up uh, on a Facebook group oh where right you posted anybody mm-hmm. interested and you said I think I have I have a bass player I think I have a drummer is anyone interested and I was like. Oh, sure. And I messaged you and you name dropped your old band. And I was like, I remember them from like some show in South County in 99 or 98 (laughs) or something. And then you said, oh, cool. I've got this guy named Will. He was in the scholars. And I was like, "Okay, I'm in. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I don't even know who the drummer is, but I'm in. (laughs) It's hard to. I'm sorry. Well, go ahead. Well, I was in the habit at at, that. point of, for whatever reason of like trolling craigslist for band right. listings and not necessarily always with the intention of joining anything but it did happen a couple of times and um and i think you know so i had been in the scholars back in the 90s and then i had been in a south city um original band called the phono captors for about a year before moving to california uh and they went on and got semi-big they got big for st louis um and just a dynamite band anyways 
but after that point, um, came coming back, I was in an, origin, in an original band that really started to taper it off into kind of a dad band just because we all started having kids left and right. Um, and then was doing cover music for like 10 years, you know, and I was really itching to get back into like songwriting and, and that sort of thing. And so I was kind of just keeping my ears to the ground who was out there doing something that sounded interesting. And I met Alex um, in one of those bands. Uh, it was uh, Steadfast and Foolhardy. Yeah. Uh, kind of a, a little like um, cow punky, you know, like poet rock kind of thing. Um, and it was cool, but I was joining them kind of at the tail end of, of their thing. Um, not knowing that, but, you know, that's kind of how it, how it shook out. But I just immediately vibed off of Alex's playing. But I mean, we didn't know each other before that, you know, necessarily. Um, and so when, you know, Chris posted the thing, I, I, I'm pretty sure I messaged you within a day because for whatever reason, I was pretty like OCD about checking those listings. Um, and then um, I went to Alex and I was like, okay, Alex, we're going to make you a ska drummer. <laughs> and I'm right. sorry that we have to do this to you. <laughs> you did not have any experience. It's a really well, different style of drumming when you think about it, like when you listen to like true form ska. And like, I'm almost like thankful that you haven't fully gone down that rabbit hole. Like you've kept a lot of like your rock identity. Yeah. You know, uh, Alex comes from... Uh, uh, it, it's it's pop punk post hardcore. I mean, yeah, yeah it's exactly. Well, hey man, I'm there too. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and in a, a quick insert, you know, I'm pretty sure I saw Chris play uh, when he was in failing English back when we all probably had very swoopy emo <laughs> hair in Farmington. Uh, I just didn't connect the two. But yeah. yeah, to your point, you know, you wanted to start that kind of soul ska, and then Will brings me in and is like, hey, you need you you should learn how to play ska. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, here are all the pop punk ska bands i know and will's like oh oh no <laughs> literally uh, slow down yeah 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 but it's been good right there's there's definitely some there's a different dynamic there that mm -hmm. I, I think i've learned to incorporate in in the right space but you're right i def I, I i i think andrew and i definitely pulled that soul ska to one side so we're we're trying to find that balance well, i do find that like what kind of makes you guys unique and make you know and, and just to get all bands like it's having like having those things like we're you're maybe you're not fully you know a ska drummer but that's what makes you guys set, set apart from people that are maybe true you know it's like you bring something unique to it to where your own taste or your own take on what this is going to be and and stuff yeah. so i think that's and always instead kind of, of fun. getting like a uh, a traditional you know trad sky like deet, 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 like you know guitar line right. you know like very rock steady and you got this like psychobilly stuff coming out from andrew <laughs> you know yeah. where it's a, i mean it's a full-on rockabilly lick type of thing right but it, it just for whatever reason it works on you know and, and it creates this like it, it just propels the songwriting experience to a different place immediately yeah. and it's, it's, it becomes our band's song our band's take on right. things as opposed to us trying to just fit into you know a cookie cutter you know and 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 especially you know i mean you know chris and i at the start of the thing started putting together like a an inspiration playlist on spotify you know like what kinds of things were guiding us this is within the first like week of us you know talking and stuff like that and it's like oh wow you know he put a, a song by the frighteners on there and i was like this is better than anything we're ever going to do if, if we go down the soul ska route, you know, um, and it was almost, in, it was almost intimidating, you know, and I didn't want it to be like scholars 2.0 either. So I'm really happy right. that with, with, you know, kind of the, 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 the you know, and it, it took us probably 
six months or so before of, of songwriting and playing just in this room right here, you know, um, before we felt like we had enough of a set to play out and then pandemic happened. Like we were literally booked with the pilfers in March of 2020. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was going to be our first show. That was going to be our introduction to St. Louis ska scene. And that got put by the wayside. We basically put our instruments down for three months. Um, and when we came back in late June or July or whenever that was, um, it was obviously it was, it was just, it was at first it was just a, can we still do this? You know? Um, and secondly, it was, it was kind of a, a point of reflection for us to take a look back at the things we had done and really just toss things aside that didn't feel like us anymore, you know, and we, and a whole bunch of new songs came out of that time period. Oh man. Yeah. I think half of this EP is from that se- season of writing. I think so. Like, I, I remember realizing a point where I was like, I was bringing songs into this room completely finished. I was like, you do this, you do this. And then I was realizing, like, Hey, wait a minute. Like, these songs are way better when I'm, I just bring in like, I don't know, a fourth of a song <laughs> and I'm like, all right, everyone write it, <laughs> you know, and we'll spend like a practice or two just kind of like jamming on like one riff, you know, and or like one or a couple riffs and then trying to work out bits and pieces and moving from there. And it's really been more productive and honestly a bit more rewarding too yeah. uh, that way. You know, like yeah. it feels like uh, I've been in bands before where, where I've, I've not been a primary songwriter and like I've just been given like basically like, here's what you're doing. This is the protocol for the song. And that's fine, uh, but it's a little unfulfilling. <laughs> so uh, it feels a little more cohesive here. I really like it a lot. Yeah. Well, very cool. What would uh, we mentioned the EP, and that is now readily available wherever you get your digital music at, or cassette tape, or cassette oh, tape. Yeah. <laughs> we we printed some tapes. Yeah, so. man. I think I think that's uh, very cool. Like, I mean, I love uh, you know taking home some sort of physical product of you know to support. And uh, whether it's, you know, tape or CD or vinyl and, you know, it's just fun to have. Uh, I, I, I always kind of like I, I might, you know, personally, I might spend it more on Spotify just because it's convenient in my car and everything. But it's nice to have have, have the same thing. Like, you know, at least I don't feel as guilty about it because I did buy, you know, a physical piece of it. <laughs> hey, as know, long so. as you, somebody streams right. it somewhere, yeah. we'll get that penny eventually. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so. and, and you guys did so much work. You guys, I'm looking at Chris, but you did a lot of work to make that thing happen. And it, it actually did turn out really, really nice. Yeah. And I don't know if you want to plug, you know, artwork and all oh, of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, big shout out to Kevin Willingham, who who did all of the artwork for this EP. He, so we have a we have a deluxe edition of this EP where it comes with like <laughs> the, the theme of the EP is like bad corporate America. OK, <laughs> and it comes with uh, the, the deluxe edition, uh, which you can get at our shows, uh, comes with like these bad like corporate post posters that you would see in a bad like a workplace. And so, like, there's a there's it's like, a memo packet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to sign it when you get it, and then, you know, pass it to the next person. You know, it's an that. HR onboarding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but he did all the artwork, and he did a phenomenal job. He absolutely knocked it out of the park, and yeah, um, it looks amazing. So we're grateful for that. What's yeah. this I hear about your TPS reports? Exactly. There is a TPS there's a TPS report in the packet. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. in there. And then Andrew played the part of the disgruntled employee and scrawled our song lyrics over the backs of all of these sheets. Yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to write lyric sheets. Never, <laughs> never had an opportunity to put lyrics anywhere. <laughs> but you, uh, like I said, it's now available and it's titled uh, Action Items, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
five songs. Uh, and uh, we want to start with a song called Midwest Feels. This is uh, kicks off the EP. And what would you guys like to share around with this particular song? Uh, this song is uh, is a product, a pure product of the pandemic lyrically. <laughs> okay, uh, but um, more or less, it's a it's it's a song about um, what I consider to be a really unique Midwestern trait about like not talking about your feelings, sure, and then letting them kind of like stagnate. And then for some folks, that ends up being really a negative experience, and you know the things that can happen when that happens. So that's what this song's about. Yeah. And yeah. being a ska song, we invite you to basically poke fun of that while it's happening. <laughs> do some wiggly dancing or whatever it is that you do, you know. Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of the fun of the music is that we can write fairly serious themes or, you know, like get out stuff that's in our heads, but at the same time not be mopey and crabby about it.
Yeah, I like, uh, I don't know, it's always one of my favorite things about music. Uh, and it's just funny to me, like as a big fan of lyrics, um, you know, there's especially, especially in like some quite a bit of pop music, you know, you'll notice like uh, they might have this super dancey kind of groove to the mm-hmm. the music, but then you you listen to the lyrics and you're like, oh man, that's pretty messed up actually. You know who does a lot of that is They Might Be Giants. Yeah. If you really read their lyrics, they are dark. Yeah. <laughs> like a really dark lyrics. Some troubled guys there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, are you guys okay? Like, you know, it's rough. I think one of like the ones that like really like uh, kind of went over my head at the time um, just because I wasn't like as big into them, but kind of uh, talking about some of those emo days and stuff. Uh, I, uh, uh good charlotte uh was one and like i i never really like i mean i remember the songs but never really like paid too much attention as a when they were like current and but then like just recently they like came back around and they did play the show at the the pageant and i went and i like went and listened to some of their songs before just kind of getting back into the mood and like and i'm like listening to some of those and again i knew they were kind of fell into that little bit of that emo bubble and even though it's kind of you know, pop punk stuff too. But uh, listening to some of those lyrics, I'm like, damn, this is like some really dark stuff. Like, but it's all like kind of bouncy still. It's like, and uh, so anyway, I just like thought that was funny. I was like, I totally missed that the first time around. But um, but now as an adult, like listening to the lyrics, I'm like, oh geez, like, <laughs> but anyway, I just find that stuff fun. Like the music can kind of make you, re- you know, you can, some people are into the actual music of it. Some people are into lyrics and like, but uh, it's always funny to me that you can kind of disguise that a little bit in there, you know, some of those feelings in there. But yeah, so, so I, uh, Midwest feels uh, sounds real good though. I like the song a lot. And, uh, Thanks, man. Is, um, what about uh, recording wise? Where do where do we uh, where do we record all this at? We recorded this ourselves. Yeah? So nice. um, we had never done that before. Uh, we had uh, we did a demo about a year prior to this EP. Uh, recorded by our friend Daniel Williams, who recently passed away. Actually, yeah. uh, he he actually dragged his whole studio into this. Oh room. yeah, he packed in the back of his car every piece of gear, <laughs> every piece. It was during COVID, so like he was, he was like, "Hey, I can't have you in my place, but like I'll come to you." We're like, sounds yeah. good, man. We were in here with masks on, and like he set up controls in one corner, and we did our stuff in the next room, and it was just like we we didn't know how to interact with people. All right, <laughs> but he brought all of him here yeah. <laughs> yeah he was wonderful uh, he, did, he did a really nice job and it was a good kind of experience for us it actually taught us a lot about how to like i think get ourselves situated for if we were going to do this ourselves and so yeah we we trial and errored our way through recording the cp I, I know we retracked a couple of songs a few times and um there was a lot of like evenings in my basement yeah. where andrew and i were just like let's try this let's do that what if you were doing you know like so but what was it's a blessing and a curse to, to not be in a studio in some ways. It's, uh, it's a blessing because you're not paying hourly 50 bucks an hour or whatever it is, you know, that's a savings. You're not uh, paying, you're, you know, you, you get to make some, or you get to take your time with some of the creative choices as opposed to being like rushing in the moment. I remember being in bands where you have like, you have $300 and seven hours, <laughs> go, <laughs> you know, and you're like, you're, you're like, oh my God, you know, you're trying to like get it all sorted out. Uh, we didn't have to do that. Those are St. Louis rates from like the mid 90s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For anyone true. listening in the modern blogosphere, <laughs> like, yeah, good if there's anyone in LA, like $300, like, <laughs> And how, what, how much time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely like during like the $30 an hour days of studios. 
so yeah, we did it ourselves. So it's a curse because you have, you can take all the time you want. We took way too long with it. Probably, we probably, we probably worked on it for almost a year, I would say. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, back and forth pros and cons to all that stuff. But, uh, I think like, you know, there's something to be said about just like going in and having the pressure to create, you know, if it, right. works, it works for some bands yeah. and then some bands, you know, you, you might want to take some more time to, to dial it in and get it right for you. But yeah, there, what, I, what I find is that the bands that can successfully do that basically play live in the studio, so yeah. to speak, they are phenomenal live bands. Right. They've already mm -hmm. played these songs 300 or more times, you know, um, and, and that way they know how to listen to each other, know how to play off of each other and, and, and that sort of thing. And we aren't at that point, but fortunately we had played live enough. You know, I mean, when we did the demo, we had yet to play a live show right. and it kind of showed in our approaches to things, you know, we didn't quite have the feel down on a couple of the songs, um, tempo wise or just kind of what they needed, you know? Um, but, just just even a handful of shows it became pretty quick like quickly evident like okay this is something people are responding to we need to pump up the the, the beat just a little bit here mm -hmm. we need to lay back and pull back on this one give it room to breathe on that one mm -hmm. you know that sort of thing um and i mean one big advantage of doing it ourselves is when you are focused and you at the same time are exploring on concepts, uh, you do have the room to go back and, and, and change things. You know, I mean, we ended up retracking drums on, uh, was it Bottle This Up or what was the other? Bottle, uh, bottle It Up and Midwest Fields actually. And Midwest, so we retracted yeah. drums on two songs, just be, even with all the digital tools at our disposal, it, the feel just wasn't right. You couldn't right. just like nudge things enough. So it was just a question of like getting it to like, getting it to where we felt like it, it matched what we wanted in the live experience um and doing it ourselves is really the only way to do that economically yeah that said i kind of want to go to the studio next time. <laughs> yeah it works it works both ways i mean yeah. you know if, if we get a few more shows going and and we go into the studio with the mindset um of just like three hours four songs and one of them's got to be a hit God damn it. <laughs> you know, that, then it, that gives you a different kind of creative tension and that can be really fun to play with too. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, uh, the track two and, uh, this one's called come out and dance. And, that is, uh, that's like one of the first songs we wrote. Geez. Yeah. It might be the first song we wrote. Yeah. We, we had a handful of songs like we had, like from that Spotify playlist of like soul music that we just tried to learn together just to have some noise to make. And, we just on a warm up, a riff came out and somebody said, do that again. And we just got louder and louder every time we played it. <laughs> As Will was like talking about the live show, that this is the one I imagine, like, I imagine you guys can get a pretty good response from this one because it's, yeah. it definitely has that, uh, especially when the chorus kicks in, like, either, where you want to, you know, nod along a little more to it, get into it and uh, get a little, get a little rowdy and have some fun with you guys. Yeah, definitely. And I think the um, the bridge of it even more so than the chorus is because that's when we slip into kind of a just a our, our only spot of just full on two tone, yeah. you know, skank party. Right. And people go nuts for like 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we're going to give them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
in her eyes Wanna be her man But if you step to her Just take my advice You better be in time Because this is her new favorite song Don't mess up the vibe So you say That's the way You hope that she don't say But um, yeah, it, 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 it is, uh, it definitely gets, gets people going. And um, it's one that in the recording process, we, we kind of amped up some of the, just the, the, the I guess, silliness maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you that. Know, yeah. the, uh, so I'm not a very experienced as a singer. Um, and it, it, just backups here and there and that kind of thing. This is the first band that I've sung lead in. And so these are the first songs that I have recorded lead vocals for. And typically speaking, when you do the recording process, you lay down scratch vocal at the start so there's something that everyone can play along with, but then you know you're gonna throw that away. And then when it comes time to record you know, the hit vocal, so to speak, the keeper, I struggled for a long time trying to figure out like, what even, what, what's my tone? What, what am I trying to do, you know? It's interesting, because I think that was like the first time you had to think about that. Because like when, when we play live, you just kind of like go for it. Oh yeah, yeah totally. You're just like, totally. all right, let's go. And then like here you're like, Oh, shit! Like huh? I feel like <laughs> I need to like think about where the where the zone of uh, like what's too much, what's too little. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I personally and would love to hear the the progression of the the I can't dance line from the very beginning to where you landed because it changed quite a bit. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and, yeah. and it landed where it needed to land. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I kind of invented this like you know again kind of rockabilly inspired screech more or less <laughs> you know. Um, and now we play that live. It's just, it's just part of the song. Yeah. Um, it's part of the persona almost. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then there's something, uh, also like, I, uh, I could be way off on all uh, some of this, but as I was listening, like, I think maybe this particular track I noticed more, but like, I kind of got like a, I'd like a Dire Straits. In, in, <laughs> I'll take uh, it. Yeah. That's you, you I will never turn down a Dire Straits reference. Like, <laughs> like, especially because like the way it was some of Will's vocals, like, you know, it's almost like there's some talking lines kind of thing like, mm -hmm. uh, like, like, like they do. And then, uh, and then there was like a couple of things you guys say uh, were, and like also to go even with like some of the keys and things like that too, where like even like a talking heads kind of a, 
influence I felt came through some of that stuff. So some somewhere mashing together dire straits and talking heads, even though those two I wouldn't say are necessarily. Is that almost not literally what the Reddit, like somebody on Reddit said <laughs> right. about that song? Like it's yeah. pretty. Oh, beautiful. is it really? Oh, it's I, didn't know that. I think it was dire straits and Devo. Yeah. I think were the two. Oh my gosh. That's and it's so like, funny. Yeah. That's an organic like thing that right. has come out of us. It's like whoever's mixing up the Kool-Aid, like <laughs> you ever make Kool-Aid out of the same pitcher over and over and like you leave like a little bit in there and you just add the sugar water in the next packet. Yeah. Like there's been Devo in all of us. Yeah. There's Dire Straits somewhere in this yeah. room, but we didn't bring that in here. This is a Scott yeah. band. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, those were some things that kind of triggered in my memories listening to these songs. I was like, and, uh, you know, and like I said, not to that you guys are, you know, not like you guys are ripping them off or what it's just that, that you can tell, you can hear some of those different influences yeah, coming through and definitely stuff. breathe it and feel yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, a lot of that talking heads and Devo and post-punk in general, right. um, to some extent differentiates where we're coming from versus, you know, kind of like the, uh, you, the, the typical like battlegrounds of ska are either trad ska, soul ska, you know, where you have a big horn section and you're really just like leaning into like the groove versus punk, ska punk, you know, uh, real big fish or, or, or you know, you gold look at me. finger, yeah, gold finger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, whomever. Um, and where it's just energy, 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 you know, and with us having really being keyboard driven in terms of the melody lines and, 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 in, and just in terms of like kind of the saturated part of the sound, and being tight as a four piece, you know, we align more to that post-punk, that early 80s post-punk kind of ideology. Yeah, we've we've debated, <laughs> I mean, for the for the whole length of this band, it's like, do we need horn players or not? And we've always settled on, nah. <laughs> we kind of <laughs> yeah. just don't. It'd be, it'd be nice for part of a gig, a couple songs have some spots where horns would be great. Right. But I, we've, we've all been, been bands where there's, six or eight people involved and mm -hmm. that makes band practice really hard <laughs> right really I, and, and to build upon that i think it just the identity of this band is like even from the beginning was very tight mm -hmm. you know I, I felt like we were all kind of on the same page like mm -hmm. just kind of in how we wanted this band to operate it's an adult band like if we can <laughs> if we miss a practice fine uh politically i think we're well aligned and it's, it's like i think it's also that fear of like if a fifth person comes in, like, oh yeah, oh no, like, <laughs> oh yeah. man, yeah. it would. It, I guess yeah, a good point. Like I don't yeah. know if I mean, it would just to, it would change the dynamic of a lot. Yeah. Of yeah. I mean, well. I mean, they're probably okay people, but if they happen to be like off of our our style just a little bit, like if they're vegan, I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> what are we vegan? gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe they drive a Volvo or something. Something that's just not bad inherently, but just hashtag different. controversy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how the band ends. Yeah, right. no. <laughs> no, Andrew hates vegans, and then boss battle goes down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I agree. I think, like you know, like you're saying, it, it works with the four of you. Like, why why mess it up? Uh, you know, it's nice also that you guys can. You know, you mentioned you got some road dates coming up, and probably a lot easier traveling with four than six. Or, <laughs> you got that right. You know, and everything yeah. else. So, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's not to say like maybe in the future or some bigger gig comes up and you guys want to throw the horns on a gig or something, you know, some certain show or whatever. It's always a possibility to, to do something like that, too. So, um, Shane, but, I was once in a nine piece ska band <laughs> that fit into a VW bus <laughs> to drive around and play yeah. shows. And it was a shit show. And I'm glad to never do it again. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but uh, I was wondering about because like I, I know like 
you know, you guys kind of touched on it there with like, but they, they, they say that there's like the first wave of ska, second wave of ska. And I think they, some, I heard a podcast the other day, they were talking about Goldfinger and I feel like they said something like, like they considered maybe then like the, th- the third wave of ska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but now you're, you mentioned like there is this kind of a resurgence lately. There is a lot of, I mean, we just, uh, uh, we even locally here in St. Louis, we've got some really solid ska bands and, uh, but even like across the country, it's, you know, there seems to be this resurgence right now. So, well, and it's speaking the new language of pop too. I mean, we played a show at the sinkhole not too long ago with, mm-hmm. uh, this cat from LA named called Eichlers that takes the hyper hyper pop, you know, mixing and, uh, and applies, you know, applies it to Scott songwriting and whatnot. And it's just phenomenal. I mean, and he, and he showed up with, it's just him and a DJ. Uh, he's got backing tracks and the DJ has a vocal effects pedal, you know, that he basically tries to sabotage the singer with. And the singer is just pure energy. Like his quads are as big as my head, you know, because he's literally dancing the entire time. The it's entire true. Show. Yeah, Our is, show and his show. He's amazing. Yeah. He and amazing. it was, uh, and so Eichlers was on tour with this other, like, I don't even know, hyper emo band, Dynastic. I'm not sure how you would call yeah. them. Yeah, that's, that's probably well a pretty done. accurate yes, description. Well and they also had the DJ singer set up, but the singer would also play guitar. Um, and it was just, it was, I was just kind of blown away. You know, I mean, I've been doing this kind of music since the, the, the early 90s. And this is the first time I'd really, in a while, that I'd seen somebody just take a completely fresh approach and feel like, I want to do something like that. You know, it just felt extremely invigorating. Um, and there's, there's, I mean, there's, I feel like, I don't know if you call this fourth wave or not, but I feel like there's a new energy in the music and across, you know, what's being produced right now. I think that says a lot. Sorry, because I really, I kind of put you in like this, like purist ska box. And so for the Eichlers to like have made such a, an impact on you, I think, I think that says something. Yeah, I I agree with Alex for sure. In terms of terminology, uh, it's kind of funny you bring up like fourth wave because like there's this there's this total gut reaction from the modern ska scene that like no no there's no more waves (laughs) so so there's there's you know there's first wave then there's two tone or the second whatever and then there's uh what we're we're calling this the new new tone yeah it's new tone but it's in you like oh like new new metal metal, (laughs) but it's new tone right look at these alex is passing out beers thank you alex i don't want one but you can you know, <laughs> I'll take, I'll take Chris's. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, so you guys are, uh, going to start doing some Limp Biscuit covers that you're saying? Uh, God, I hope so. <laughs> Mudvayne yeah. first. We'll do that. Mudvayne, <laughs> a little finger 11, if yeah. you will. <laughs> that would be, uh, quite the, the pairing, uh, do like a ska version of Limp Biscuit or something or whatever. I don't know how you pull that off. But. Well, the beauty of ska is that you can pretty much play anything and fuck it up. <laughs> There's so many great Scott covers that are terrible songs in the first place. Yeah. Right. Just, just you know, give them upbeats. Yeah. We do a lot of covers in this band, uh, yeah. and we we kind of like cycle them out. So we we do uh, Sinead O'Connor's version of of Nothing Compares to You. We do uh, uh, Material Girl. We do Material Girl. The one we're trying to kill. The one we're trying to kill. We're c- Probably won't play that. You one guys have actually. been trying to kill that for months. Been trying to kill it. It's just it's hard, it's, it's problem is it's too fun to play. I know, and people yeah. like it. Yes, so we keep playing it. Uh, I, you know, I, I keep suggesting cover ideas. You know, I mean, I actually suggested "Baby Come Back" as a as a ska. 
you know, a smooth ska sound if we can if we can do that. <laughs> I mean, just it's almost as much as for like the uh, an experiment in chaos right. as much as anything else, you know, for our own enjoyment. Really. <laughs> like, we, we have a theremin back there. Yeah. That, you know, if we if we feel like things are getting a little bit too stale, <laughs> you know, just plug in the theremin yeah. and then suddenly good things happen. <clears throat> you know, um, Alex brought a timbali, you know, to add to his kit just Best because, <laughs> you know, just because it, 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 it's it's silly in a sense right. you know it, it kind of makes us laugh you know but it's also but it actually legitimately adds to songs um well then didn't i hear it did i hear a melodica on one of the recordings sure shit did yeah. did yeah <laughs> chris eats the melodica yeah i mean I own, I own a melodica i mean i guess it means i should use it every now and again uh but uh i personally miss it chris yeah i'll, I'll I'll think about it. <laughs> it's, it's it's tough when you have like you know thousands of some dollars on keyboard, right. and then somebody asks you to play like a fifteen dollar piece of plastic. <laughs> it is really fun to play. I'm just not very good at it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I, I I just enjoy hearing some of those different sounds, you know, coming through. Like I said, like uh, something a little different. But, uh, let's talk about uh, track three. This is uh, Bad Boss. And uh, you guys did release this one as a, a single prior to the EP, and um, and uh, yeah. So the, the the single version of that is from the original demos, right. um, and I'm I'm so glad that we re-recorded that song. Yeah. Uh, that original version is probably about forty BPMs too slow. Right, that's what's. I mean, I, but I enjoy as a fan. Like I enjoy hearing you know, like the rarities and demos and B-sides or what, you know, different recordings and then like hearing what ultimately you guys put on the record and stuff. Like I like having, uh, you know, as being friends with a lot of bands over the years, you know, you kind of get used to the version and then all of a sudden they'll go in the studio and they'll cut what becomes what, you know, you really know it as, but I, sometimes you get attached to some of those uh, other songs, versions, you know, and, until you know it. That's the only way you know it now is because it's by the album, but you know, it's just fun to, you know, being involved in hearing those other sides of it too. Yeah, or what it be, what it was before. Yeah, and the, we took the demo version of that song, and I gave it to my <laughs> friend Dave Sharma, who was the drummer for the Scholars, uh, and, and who now uh, teaches drums and also does like producing on. He's done producing and beat mixing for for years now, um, and he's half Indian. He he, so he he produces like Bangra and um, uh, Mumbaton and like all this like really clubby, dancey dub music. Um, you know, he, he, he will, he's not afraid to dubstep on something if you ask him to, you know? And so I, I basically sent him, we sent him the stems and I said, I want a dub of this song. And what he produced was really cool, but I realized that my baseline didn't actually work for a dub. And so I rewrote the baseline and sent him a different track, uh, just simpler, more like, you know, like tough, like T-U-F-F in the reggae tone. (laughs) Um, and I realized that I enjoyed playing that bass that way. So even though, you know, the the dub version of the thing is the rarity of rarities, it's the B side <laughs> of a single that we, you know, barely released, but <laughs> it impacted how we approached the song going forward. Yeah, it um, gave it like the energy we were looking for. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Like, I mean, he, I mean, go back and listen to the dub if you haven't heard it. It's really fun, yeah. you know. Yeah, he really killed it. Yeah, absolutely killed yeah. it. And, and personally, was the inspiration for the timbali. There you go. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, that song is interesting because each verse is a real, is a true story. Yeah. Uh, of one of our bosses. Um, and, uh, <laughs> 
and I think like one of the verses is like a, maybe a, a, a hodgepodge of yeah. I think there was like a shared Google Doc where we all like <laughs> contributed a paragraph about I used to work with this guy that was like this. He was a real dick. And he, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then these two just kind of pared down the nuggets into yeah. like these little. I mean, in two sentences, you just kind of like feel like, oh yeah, I'm scorpion tat and a snow cone shack. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I had a boss that had an unfinished scorpion tattoo and. <laughs> Because he passed out while it was happening and woke up and was like, no, stop. (laughs) Ran off and never got it. Like he wasn't expecting to get a scorpion tattoo. (laughs) He just forgot. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it was right on his arm, like below his elbow. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you don't, the songs just write themselves. Right. more mindful of uh song names because i often tell people our our name is bad boss
<laughs> that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not a you problem. That's a I would problem. say that song also probably uh, inspired the, the theme of the EP in some ways. Like uh, yeah. there's kind of like a you know a corporate work element to that to that song, even though I don't think there's one corporate job talked about in the song. Those all. are all like minimum wage, paid under the table jobs. I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, uh, very relatable. I think for most people, like uh, you know, we've all. You know, especially uh, when we were young, working a lot of random odd jobs that we probably hated. And, uh, you know, so uh, there's definitely a lot of relatability there. Or maybe you're still working that job you hate. So, you know, so, <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm luck. I, I haven't really never gone into the whole corporate, you know, cubicle world or anything like that. So I'm, uh, this, this guy right here yeah. can uh, tell you all about yeah. it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Say. We'll have to write a bad boss too at yeah. some point. I'm down. Yeah, let's. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> can we, yeah. Uh, Actually, Parquet Courts wrote a song called Freebird Two, and I think that's about the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Freebird. <laughs> uh, even more free. <laughs> <laughs> even freer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. Let's talk about uh, track four. This is uh, "Times Up." Uh, what That's are we? Another early, early song that we wrote. Yeah, second um, or third, maybe. Uh, I had this kind of groovy Rhodes piano line that I've been messing around with for probably half a year. Never really had a plan for it. I mean, so one of Chris's like musical backgrounds and ended up on the inspiration list is like the New Orleans, you know, Alan mm -hmm. Toussaint, you know, kind of. I love like New Orleans jazz era, like New Orleans jazz or, uh, you know, like Professor Longhair and uh, all those dudes are just legends, you know. Yeah. And um, in fact, we we I drag my poor wife down to New Orleans every few years or so just so I can hang out in the French Quarter and like pretend like I'm cooler than I am. <laughs> You know what I mean? So like, we'll go see like the Pre Preservation Jazz Hall Band and like, we'll go to, uh, um, what's Professor Longhair's bar's name? Uh, even he's, he's long passed away, but, um, oh, he's got a, he's got a bar called Tipitina's, which is a title of one of his like famous oh, yeah. songs. So, um, but so like, I think, I think like that was kind of a product that, that keyboard line was kind of a product of that, but then it kind of turned into like, uh, I heard it and I, and I, I thought it sounded like a protest song. I mean, I don't really know why, but like, it just, it just gave me this like energy and, you know, this, again, this is early in the, in the band, you know, Trump was still president and there was definitely kind of just this bubbling discontent, you know? And so I took his line and wrote a bunch of like kind of angry protest lyrics on top of it. Oh, 
it's it's an interesting song. I mean, it's an interesting song to play. We've, we've in the early incan- incarnation of the band, uh, it has this bridge that was almost meant to be like a sermon. Um, and I never really could write a good sermon, you know. Um, I didn't go to a church as much as I should have, I guess. But, um, you know, I think one point, you know, I was saying something about sitting on a golden toilet. And, you know, at that point, I think we realized, you know, there doesn't need to be a sermon. Dude, they got they got weirder than that. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I, they I, got, there were times we'd be practicing, we'd be playing, like, that part would come up and you'd, you'd dive into something. Well, I don't know, like, oh, he's exploring some deep parts of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could let that part go for, like, I don't know, like 80 bars something. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, keep going. Just wait till we'll he builds. There were a few things that I have control over in this band, and, and extending those sermons was, like, a conscious effort. I just want to see where it went, and I still miss them, just so you know. I think I think they were great. That's probably one of those songs we're on the verge of, like, playing less, maybe, over time. Because it's, so, it's, it's, like, coming up on three years old for us, which, you know, is not, like, old, but... You know, we're kind of in this like we want some new stuff. So yeah. it's also one of the few like legitimately like angry songs, I think. Yeah. You know, right. and, and to some extent we have to think like, is that our vibe? Is that what we're going for? Mm-hmm. You know, are we still abandoned protests, so to speak? Right. Uh, and there's definitely times when it feels totally appropriate, you know, um, it, but there's other times where it feels like you're you don't want to have to force that energy in a live show. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want you don't want to have to just dial that in, you know, put on mm-hmm. the angry eyebrows <laughs> And, and and like oh I'm mad now and <laughs> and and then follow that up with you know here's a song about you know dancing when you just got broke up with you know <laughs> you know I mean it's just it just it's for some people it works it, it it does get sometimes hard to dial it in. What I what I find interesting about music is like and you know obviously it's it's a reflection of our our history and but uh, you know we constantly keep. Uh, going in in circles, you know, where where things are relevant again, and uh, you know, maybe it's a different message, but it's also it's still the same feeling, you know, it's still the same. Uh, these lyrics are now current again, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm. so like I mean, you look at bands like you know Rage Against the Machine or whatever, you know, like things like that, where like they they had these like kind of songs about that, you know, these fights and stuff, but like now like you know they've sung about a ninety whatever 93 95 whatever and now they're yeah. current again and like yeah. stuff like that. and it's been you know bob dylan even you know going to 60s and coming as these are still current lyrics and stuff so that's always something i find interesting about music that it always ends up coming back around where yeah, so maybe if you guys do shelf this song for a while or whatever and it's something <laughs> you never Bust know it out My, for the best of yeah. <laughs> yeah you know before this you were talking about some people listen more to the music. Some people listen yeah. more to the lyrics. It's one of my favorite things right now where like conservatives are now understanding what Rage Against the Machine was right. actually saying. Like, right. oh, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Or, or what? Yeah. Watching people like in Blue Lives Matter shirts, like realize <laughs> that, you know, killing in the name of is, yeah. you know not about what you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I was uh, also something like, what was uh oh uh it was a was ccr uh, uh fortune son right yeah, yeah. Like, right. like uh yeah. Right. like uh he was uh uh i guess uh trump wanted to use that as like a buddy and the song isn't for you yeah <laughs> and that's what uh like uh Fogart, you had to like you know they email like don't use the song like what are you doing like this is not like don't you don't you understand the lyrics and like you know like this is not a uh, about you know so again it's like it, it, some people just kind of think it's like 
hey, America, you know, and it's like. It also speaks a, to, uh, it speaks to this idea of, of, of lyrics being reimagined and reinvented based on its current hmm, cultural right. climate, you know, uh, so yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a whole thing. So I went to art school and it, for the artist who creates the music, are they actually still in ownership of it once it hits a listener's ears? You know, once the mm-hmm. listener decides it means something to them, you mm-hmm. know, um, it, 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 it's it's hard to take back. It's hard, you know, who knows how many folks had Fortunate Son on their playlist, you right. know, and then now they scrubbed it because, you know, Fogarty rejected Trump. I mean, uh, but it's this whole thing of like, whose song is it really? Who does it belong to right. once it gets out there? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I do find it funny how how many lyrics have been misinterpreted though over the years like that. Like, you know, this is, it is, but once you put it out, whatever people, however people attach to it, you know, it's now it's, they have their own meaning. It's kind of not yours anymore <laughs> right. you know, in a way. And that's kind of, I mean, like, again, like I get like some of these are more, uh, you know, I guess forward than others, but other, you know, some of them like, are open to interpretation, you know, enough to where people uh, do attach their own stories to these lyrics and, and things. So, um, but yeah. Tangentially to that, you know, as a drummer, it's, it's funny when we record and I'm like, Oh, that's what you're singing. (laughs) Oh, that's not like that. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess you don't get to hear too much. Uh, well, uh, we do have, um, let's talk about a big show coming up. Uh, on your uh, calendar, you got uh, December sixteenth at the Conservatory in Alton, Illinois, uh, and this is going to be a, a super fun night. This is you got uh, Boss Battle along with Boomtown United and uh, Orange Tree, who just recently uh, got back together and started playing some shows. So, uh, going to be a fun evening. Uh, some ska tunes. Yeah, it's a uh, Scala Days show. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as they're calling it, um, we're happy to spread some Christmas cheer <laughs> again <laughs> while about songs about breaking up with people and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty common. Uh, um, are they really calling Scala days? They, uh, yes. I'm so in for that, but yeah. like, I, it's funny cause this Saturday we're going to be in Cordova, Tennessee for the Scottoberfest, uh, for the Scalloween celebration. <laughs> so, Oh. I mean, you know, we just need a Skanksgiving yeah. Yeah, schedule. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe we can throw something together for Scarborough Day next year. <laughs> <laughs> can we please do a Scarborough Day show? <laughs> Wait, there, there's a, an awesome Arbor Day beer festival in St. Louis where oh. almost all the beers are made with like trees, like some part of the tree. Maybe let's, we just we just tell them we we're go. coming. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, yeah, yeah. We're you not, had me at trees. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's gonna be fun. And uh, I know uh, Orange Tree's playing with uh, uh, the Urge. Yeah, at the pageant for uh, for uh, Thanksgiving uh, that weekend, Friday. They've come back with a vengeance, man. Like they've uh, uh, they've been playing playing shows, and I think they they just played with. Um, they did a show at Red Flag opening for someone really, really famous, and I can't remember who it is now. Um, Orange Tree? Yeah, it yeah. was like a big, like it was some, some like really classic punk band. Toasters. Yeah. Oh, it was, was, was the Toasters. toasters? Yeah, no, the I thought toasters? it was another one. They play with, it was, oh, it was Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. Uh, Murphy's there Law. you go. There you go. Old punk, like, like kind of a yeah. more grimier punk band. Uh, but yeah, they did, they opened for the Toasters. Uh, yeah, that's right. Hmm. They, uh, 
but yeah, I just think that's cool. I mean, the urge also another like even though they their sounds evolved a lot over the years, but you know definitely a lot of ska influence and in, yeah, in, uh, in some of their stuff with especially horns. Uh, their album, uh, receiving the gift of flavor, I still come back to every now and again. I'm like, that's oh, a good yeah. record. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that Steve's still you know supporting ska music oh, even sure. through the you know his hot dog joint. We so. just uh, was it last month or maybe two months ago we played that uh, the park next door to the yeah. hot dog joint and um uh with uh, the scotch bonnets who came down from maryland i think yeah right? Baltimore. and uh uh play with scott masala uh which is uh tommy halloran's uh scott project so yeah. um it was a good time man good good turnout for that show like it was it really a nice was. nice beautiful day outside like a couple hundred people showed up we just had a big old hot dog beer party <laughs> <laughs> people dancing around it was a good time yeah yeah i like that uh i mean obviously i'm a huge fan of the Steve's hot dog, but then like having the park there next door, having the stage and uh, being able to do some live music out there too is like really added another layer to it for sure. Yeah. So Chris, I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm curious why you didn't accept the gutter punks uh, jacket drink that he brought out. Oh, and offered yeah. You. We played that show and there was a, there was a guy who uh, I don't know. how. To, I mean, you know, he, he's just living his life, man. I'm not out to I, no, no judgment, but, I, like, I, but he, 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 you know, he, we played and, and he was like, oh, man. And I think Will, like, jokingly, like, gave him a tape, but, like, didn't give him a tape. And then he grabbed the tape and he was like, I can have this, though, right? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you can have that. We live in a post-ownership society. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, then he pulled a, what had to be at least a, a six-month-old Gatorade bottle out of his pocket <laughs> with, like, a, that he had, like, refilled with some sort of mysterious brown liquid. Uh, it didn't look like a hard, like it was definitely like whiskey plus something, you know, I don't know. And he goes, do you drink? Do you want some? And I was like, no, I'm cool, man. <laughs> I don't need to drink the mystery fluid yeah. <laughs> in your pocket, but I'm glad you're here. <laughs> you know? And this is where song ideas come from. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the next uh, album title right there. Six month old Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> it surprisingly does have an expiration date on it. <laughs> Gutter punk Gatorade. Yeah. Let's continue to riff on All right. this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it cool if we answer some questions that were sent to yeah, us? Yeah, absolutely. Um we uh yeah, we got a little fan segment here. We uh posted on the uh, socials trying to get some some questions and uh you all yeah. delivered. I'll go to Twitter first. I blasted these out on, on <laughs> our socials the other day. And uh, uh, some some interesting stuff came through. Although, to be fair, I did only ask for stupid questions. Um, substitute Screamer. I guess that's a Halloween name. Substitute Streamer. Uh, wants to know everybody's blood type. <laughs> so, uh, I actually don't know my blood type. I have no idea. It's pretty I'm, fresh for me. <laughs> yeah, be negative be negative bro. Oh, mine's red you red yeah <laughs> will i don't know do you know i've your... never had covid so i i think it might what? be oh you haven't had covid you never, never got covid had... oh man Same. you're not do you think you got COVID? it i might have alien blood i'm not actually sure <laughs> i've been watching a lot of x files you might be the one um <laughs> uh, our boy our boy javi who's in this really great band called the third rates we yes. played with him a few months ago uh he wants to know how we came with the name boss battle uh, which I think is uh, a great question. Will, you actually came up with the name. You, you just boarded it out one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we had a whole list of potential names. Uh, and I have that list right I here. I revisited that re recently, and it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Shane, would you like to hear some of our previous names? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll read the best ones. Yeah. Um, 
We almost called ourselves the Centaurs for Disease Control. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this one's my favorite. Uh, it's holy baloney, but, but holy is spelled like baloney. <laughs> so H-O-L-G-N-A, holy baloney. But baloney has a first name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, participation trophy wife, cliffhanger, and the... That was my favorite. Yeah. Um, uh, Nicholas Cage against the machine, the M. Night Shyamalama ding-dongs. <laughs> Ope. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll. I, I don't know, I don't remember how like Will came up with the name, but he he said it one day. And we're like, you know what? That's the name. Yeah, like, we just like it. And then I remember yeah. like when we were talking about having that as a name. Will came up with some kind of like visual idea of how the logo would look, and it just sold it for me because yeah, he was yeah, just kind of scribbling it somewhere. And was like, oh, I like the way that'll look. Yeah, Will does like uh, graphic design and stuff. Sure. Uh, he just stopped that. I'll take a phone call or he could take, tell you this himself. But like, uh, he does graphic design. So I think he was like visualizing like, oh man, there would be some really good like design aspects well, here. So yeah. How would Holy Baloney even look? I mean, I don't know, man. So I mean, I <laughs> look, I'll, I know it's bad. <laughs> I just think it's No, funny. it was brilliant. <laughs> TM on all of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, like you're saying though, like Boss Battle does open it to itself, like especially coming from a, a video game, you know, idea of the, of the, of the boss battle, uh, you know, like being able to borrow from some of those classic, you know, games it and stuff like definitely that. definitely speaks to our, like, kind of separately shared experience yeah. as people our age of, like, growing up with Nintendos right. and growing up with television and seeing mm -hmm. all the things in our lives happen on yeah. screen. And then we kind of all work because we're all grown ups. We all work in these little boxes. Yeah. And so we have, you know, deadlines and bosses to deal with. And it's, it's just, just a fun play on that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like taking sad lyrics and making them danceable. Yeah. It's that same thing. Right. Uh, the, the, there's a local uh, 88.1 radio show called Sky's the Limit. Uh, they have two questions for mm. us. Uh, one is, in your four-level bunk bed, who sleeps in what order? <laughs> oh, I like that. It's a good question. I love bunk beds. Who's top? I think Alex is top. I'm uh, top. You think? Well, what do you think? You don't. You know, you don't see yourself as a top bunk boy. I'm just wondering if I'm at the bottom and I, I just provide the beat that just transfers up. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I don't. Know. I don't. I'm not big with ladders. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I'm not afraid of heights, but I don't like ladders. Okay. Well, I'll so trade you. I'll first thing the in the top. morning, I just want to be on the floor. I want to be your floor guy. Okay. All right. I, I can be on lower level. That's cool. Okay. All right. I'm not going to take anyone's comfort away from them. So you're bottom, I'm top? Yeah. Yeah. You can have the top. <laughs> They, all, they also ask, uh, who, does any, do, do, do any of us play the harmonica? I don't know if they're looking for a harmonica player. Right <laughs> I do not. I, don't, I, I, do I mean, not. I, I, I would be terrible at it. <laughs> but I would too. try. I would. I, I want one of those like coat hanger harmonica holders so I could play the guitar and just kind of like Bob Dylan huff my way through a harmonica thing. And Has right. anybody ever worn one of those and just put like a kazoo? Yes, in it? I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think any of us play the harmonica. No. Uh, mm -mm. Uh, that was it for Twitter. We got a bunch on Instagram. <laughs> I got one while you're looking. Uh, yeah. This one came in today. Uh, who's a better ice skater, Chris or Garth Brooks? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, okay, so I, mean, I used to play ice hockey like a long time ago. Is that right? Uh, but 
I mean, I haven't skated in a long time, but I still think I bet I could skate circles around Garth Brooks. Yeah. I know I could skate circles what, around Chris Garth Gaines. Brooks is from, <laughs> Garth Brooks is from where? I just figured he's probably not on the ice a whole lot. But no, he's a surprising guy, you know? Like, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I feel like I think Oklahoma, I think he's from that. I thought, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. I feel like that's where he's Yeah, from. you win. Um, <laughs> is it true if you pull your cassette tape backwards, it says, I buried Alex? Oh. <laughs> I have a feeling I know who submitted that one. <laughs> I would suggest against playing it backwards. I would, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I would suggest against. But you're, gonna run, you're gonna run your tape. Depends. You're gonna run your tape. Patience. Eichors <laughs> uh, wants to know. Eichors, good boy, Eichors yeah. from 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 uh, Los Angeles. He says, "What's the best superpower?" <sighs> I'm gonna say predict the future, just because I want to be rich. Oh, <laughs> nice. I don't know if it's a superpower, I, I, though. I think the flight or invisibility, it's a toss-up for me. I maybe want to be invisible while I'm flying. That's, that's my superpower. But only when I'm flying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to... I don't have a great answer for this, but has anybody watched The Boys on Amazon? Yes, I have. It's so good. It's so messed up. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so I may not choose speed just from the opening scene. Yeah, yes. right. I don't blame you there. Uh, gasoline for cats by cats <laughs> says, would you rather be trapped with someone who hates ska, listen to post 9-11 country or hang out with a ska denier? <laughs> wait, wait, there, one more time. Would you rather be trapped with someone who hates ska, mm-hmm. listen to post 9-11 country music or hang out with a ska denier? Ooh. Ooh. I got- <laughs> It's just not two. I know that. I know my answer. It's yeah. not. Two. I would take one or three. Yeah. I think I hang out with plenty of people who hate ska. So like, yeah, I think yeah, I'm yeah, already yeah, doing that. Yeah, let's go one. <laughs> um, someone wants to know how we did while fighting the boss. It's an ongoing battle, man. It's an ongoing battle. It's a journey. Right. Yep. Next quarter's looking good, though. Yeah. <laughs> how many eggs can each of you eat in one sitting? Scrambled or over easy or I'm thinking like cool hand Luke style. Just straight into the mouth. Yeah. Cracked, but yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking cool hand Luke for like sure. Like hard boiled, eat the eggs. Yeah. I, I could probably do seven or eight. I've done three raw in a sitting. What? Yeah. You eat raw eggs? That was not a great moment in my life, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who would win in a fist fight between Team Vans and Team Chucks? Now, this requires a bit of context. Oh. Because I've moved on to Team Sketchers, apparently. Oh, boy. <laughs> they were on sale, buddy. Yeah, yeah drum, drums, guitar are, are Team Converse. Mm-hmm. Keys and bass are Team yeah. Vans. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think we could just, like, hug it out. You know? <laughs> I, we'll come. We'll, we we'll find a find a way to live with our differences. I, and I moved on to a middle-aged white guy. And there you go. Like Shane's got the new balance. Yeah. On. You, you mow grass in those, get oh, them nice yeah. and green. Mow all kinds of grass in these, man. Yeah. Um, let's see. Any other good questions in here? Uh, hmm... What is Boss Battle's favorite animal and why is it cats? <laughs> <laughs> That's an answer for Chris, I yeah. guess. Well, hey, we, we well, got me. Yeah, yeah. Three, three cat clubs. Yeah. We got a lot of cats involved in this, yeah. in this band. Uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, 
I think that'll do it for questions. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you guys posed that question right. of questions. Uh, well, we got one more tune. We wanted to share closing out the EP with a song called Bottle It Up. And uh, this, uh, what do we want to, anything come to mind with this one? Uh, so this song is, uh, was kind of our attempt at writing a kind of like heavily influenced Phil Spector style, kind of like doo-woppy, like the crystals or, um, you know, even like, even when like Phil Spector was like fucking with the Ramones, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like that level, that era of, of like production. And, um,
I, I think we've accomplished that, but like there's a bridge in the middle that on purpose, I wanted to interrupt that flow and it to be a little bit like heavier and like, you know, like more kind of like driving rock oriented. And it kind of like, it starts as a bridge and kind of finishes out the song actually. Um, but uh, it's, it's another, you know, saddo girl song, uh, you know, with, with, <laughs> chippy chipper music surrounding it so and it's um, a lot of fun we had a lot of fun playing with the aspects of like that type of music and that style around like that wall of sound not not trying yeah. to record it wall of sound but trying to like emulate the different parts of a song that that would have had the ronettes in it or a song that was produced to have like seven layers of background vocals like what could we do yeah. as four people and only three of them have voices and only two of them are decent. Uh, <laughs> so we can just be like the band that, that was hired to play that day. At and the same time. Like, try it all and see if like, make sure Phil doesn't shoot you. <laughs> and he, he'll try. Oh, I think we would all be dead yeah. in the closet if Phil oh, we'd be, we'd been long gone. He would have buried us. Uh, the, the there was a part during the recording process of that song where I actually went in and I was like I'm gonna do a bunch of like do wop wop wops and stuff like that and I did it and I, I was like this sucks like <laughs> I can't like I can't do that like there's a special kind of vibe you need to do that really well and I just don't have it so yeah. and I think that's something we're we're still we're still figuring out is we, that yeah. we we want it to sound full but there's a lot of restraint in that song that I that I actually think goes a long way mm-hmm. um, and as a punk drummer that's hard for me to to get into that zone, right? Especially after you, maybe we've played Come Out and Dance or we've played another song right before that when you've got your adrenaline going and you really have to pull it back we've to let that, that, that song, you know, speak for itself. Yeah, we've moved that song earlier into the set just because we, when it's later in the set, we're a little bit tired for it. <laughs> um, and honestly, this is where like having Will in the band is such a godsend because something that he does really well is he keeps us in balance. like if we're playing something too fast or we're playing it a little bit too, I don't know, like, uh, like heavy, you know, he'll be like, Hey, pump the brakes. Let's, let's take a step back. Let's, 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 you know, take about 30% off the top of this. And, 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 and we do, and he's, he's always right about it. Like it just, it just sounds cleaner and better and like more organized. Um, like I, thinking back, like, like ska punk music was, was my wheelhouse. I was in this like, pop punk emo band for a while i was in a screamo band for like six months and then coming back and then and then of course like i was playing with like bobby you know who's like this really reserved it's just incredibly talented guy uh, bobby stevens uh for people who may not know um and um you know like so i have to kind of like think tap into my bobby days and 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 listen to will because yeah. i will definitely go off the rails and and do whatever yeah. like yeah. alex wants to do but I, but I also think that speaks to the band too is like i, I really don't feel like there's much of an ego here and yeah. everyone is open to share mm-hmm. and everyone's been pretty receptive to to the feedback as well so yeah, yeah. i tell no, people nobody gets too bothered. there's not an ego in this room when no. we were sitting and writing and we're trying to figure out how parts should go no one is dictating anything yeah. and that's right. totally different from any band I've ever taken part of. Yeah. I, I had a lot, I mean, you know, playing with Bobby, especially like that was a really pleasant environment to right. be around. All ego right there. Yeah. <laughs> Just the worst guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like literally the nicest yeah. guy on the planet. I love like, He's yeah. so nice. I, love and, Bobby. Uh, I, was, I just heard his new song. It's amazing. Yeah. Big uh, fan. yeah. And, um, um, 
you know, so I, I, I tap into his, I, I channel him sometimes when we have to pull it back because he's a very relaxed person to be around. Yeah. This is probably the first band that I've been in where you can hear all the parts as they're happening during rehearsal because we're not loud as fuck ever. Yeah. <laughs> like we've all embraced the fact that dynamics really sure. matter. I think that's called getting old. Well, part of it is, is you know, you know, getting to be around 40 years old and like, oh my gosh, my ears and like, right. oh my gosh. But like, I never had a reason to like pull back and listen to a keyboard line. Like other bands I've been in, like everybody's just cranked. The drummer's playing loud and hard. The bass player's cranked and fuzzy or the singer is screaming. And, you know, we just had to all keep up with each other and we all had to get our part across as best we could. Mm -hmm. And that's just what we did since we were in high school. And then we just kept that up for 20 something years. <laughs> and that's then true. we all time go our separate ways into other bands. And I find these knuckleheads that are like reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, I do uh, agree. I think there's like, it's nice to hear. Uh, in these recordings, you know, even in the five songs we shared today, that everybody gets moments to highlight and shine and and get the, you know get uh, it's not you know any really like lopsided thing where there's some one person getting all the, the solos or anything like that is you know spread across the board. So, uh, but yeah, it sounds really good, man. I really like this EP a lot, uh, and it was you know very impressive to hear that you you all did it in house and. Uh, you know, had you not told me that, probably wouldn't wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't have known. So, <laughs> oh, that's really that's honestly, I take that as like high praise. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the amount of work that we collectively, but mostly Chris, mostly put Chris. into it is is no, I mean, surprising. I, I would so like going back to the like laborious thing of the process of this. Uh, I would I would put a mix together. I'd send it out. And I'd be like, give me notes, and then like as soon as I would think like, all right, man. I'm going to send it out and they're all going to be like, this is it. This is the one fucking page of notes. <laughs> we always this, this, this. So, so all of the mixing choices were very collective. Like I was just the, I was just the guy twisting knobs, you know? Right. And, and, um, and I'm grateful for that. Cause like, I have this tendency to want to like, like, let's go, let's go, let's, let's finish it. We can, we can do this. And then like, and then really what I need to, what I need to do is just chill chill out and like let things happen organically. Mm -hmm. But I think four mixes ago, it probably would have been okay. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm happy. That, I mean, you know, like, look, it's not a perfect sounding EP. Like, I'm, we're, none of us are like audio engineers and, you know, like, um, but basically it was a matter of like, we're just going to work on it until it sounds palatable. <laughs> you know? I, I actually really like that I, because I think all of us have a bit of a perfectionist inside of us, but mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that that's a, a snapshot in time, sure. it, 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 right? It's, it, it, yeah. it's, it's reflective of, of us at that time in our, in our journey. And I, I like that I can set that aside and be like, we did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the next time we may do something different. We it is what it different. is. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think that that's what I love about albums. I mean, I, and then like I was saying, you guys, especially not being in studio doing it yourself, you could have tweaked and tweaked and tweaked into all to where you lose it all completely. Like that's yeah. the kind of the thing with like, sometimes you got to just throw your hands up and be like, all right, we're done. Like mm -hmm. this is, this is all, yeah. you know, yep. uh, you know, this is what it is and it's not going to get any better. Like, dude, uh, Shane, I, I haven't listened to that fucking ep since it came out <laughs> yeah. because i'm so tired of it right, right. <laughs> like, so and, like i finished it we fucking put it out yeah. <laughs> made some cassettes it's on the streaming it's on all the streaming services and i i think i listened to it maybe 
half a half of one song just to make sure it like sounded okay on Spotify. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. So tired of listening to the song. Yeah. <laughs> it's on repeat in my playlist. It, I, it, I'm still surprised it comes up when I listen to music on my phone and it's like, oh, there I am. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> so so I yesterday, uh, my wife Brian and I were hanging out and you know Spotify has that uh, it's like almost like a collaboration. It's like you and a friend and it creates a playlist oh, yeah. based on you and a friend. And then like boss battle comes up and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. weird. <laughs> like I'm just yeah. listening to myself. <laughs> Can I give uh, a couple shout outs? Please. Oh, I'll allow it. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I already shout out Kevin, but he's worth shouting out. Yeah. Again. Thanks, Kevin, for that. Yes, good thanks, artwork, Kevin. Man. Big thanks to him for doing that. He did. He did that for very cheap. <laughs> he's like, he's a professional graphic designer, and this guy that cut us a deal. So I just appreciate. It. He's just a nice guy. Um, I wanted to shout out Scott Punk International. Uh, they actually, uh, it's, it's a record label uh, out of Texas um, that uh, we've we've done a, a compilation with a charity compilation with a while back, uh, but they have like uh, it's really one guy's cool Chris, cool Chris from Texas, uh, <laughs> uh, and um, he has always like supported us in these like really roundabout ways. I remember one time we did a, gov- a giveaway that if we could hit f- uh, 420 uh, followers on Twitter, we'd give away a uh, a 420 ta- a four four uh, an EP a ta- one of the tapes. Um, and we were like, I don't know, like maybe like 40 people away from getting there. And he, he tweeted us once and we were over that in like 10 minutes. So like, he's just like a good support system. Uh, I wanted to thank Wes, over, uh, Wes Hoffman over 314 Punk too, because he's always like saying yes. nice things about us. And I appreciate that. And, and what he's yeah. just doing for the scene as well. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's, uh, do you know much about what he's got? What oh, he's yeah. up to? Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. guy. Like yeah. uh, he's, he's doing a cool podcast, but, he, but he's just like doing a lot of good support for the for the local like punk scene. And yeah, it's big, really good to see. Big fan of Wes and uh, what he's been doing. And like, I mean, great music. And uh, yeah, his band's the, badass. Yeah. <laughs> really good band. And then a uh, shout out to Tim Snow and Ningwood Records. Ningwood Records is a local record label that's been putting out like ska vinyl releases. They, re- they just re-released the Orange Tree, uh, like the first Orange Tree record. They're getting ready to put out the Secret Cajun Band oh, yeah. record, which I'm super excited about. Um, and uh, there very well could be, in the future, a boss battle release on that label. So we'll see what happens. But uh, nice. we're, we're, we're hoping to like squeeze a seven inch out of them if we can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, that's always fun too, like in this community, like. The, the splits and you know different things like that yeah. having like seven inch or whatever you know just like there's a lot of collaboration among the the punk community and sky and like the, these different uh circles uh of music and stuff so uh, i think that could be really cool man when you get people like that in your scene you have to make sure they know they're appreciated you know like yeah. it's uh and like you know people like you shane like you've been doing this for a long time man yeah, like what episode is this do you know what episode this will be uh i'm not sure on the number but you know there's there's a just about a thousand of these out there as we're oh, recording so there's a uh, way yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh it's it's wild to think about for sure that but yeah just just uh just about eight and a half years i've been doing this now and get to get to meet all kinds of people so it's a lot of fun um, that's insane. Yeah. I haven't done a thousand of anything. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's when I look at like, look at it as like a catalog, like it, it is, mm-hmm. it is wild to me that to think about it like as a thousand, but yeah. And I just keep going, man, keep my head down and keep, <laughs> keep turning them out. Like I honestly kind of like, I think it's, I mean, you're, you know, you're, 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 
being very humble about it, which of course is the right thing to do, but like, uh, <laughs> so Midwest, <laughs> yeah. but like, there's this, I mean, like, I truly do think like you're, you're creating kind of like an archive of like St. Louis music. That's, like, seriously. That, that's how I look at it. I mean, I do think like, I don't, you know, I've never really considered myself like a, a true, like journalist of any sort or whatever, but I do look at that one someday when I'm done, this will be a time capsule of St. Louis music for this mm -hmm. chunk of time and what we, what was going on in this community and what, you know, these great bands. And that's what already happened. Like, as you look through, there's a lot of bands that are coming on over the mm -hmm. years. And, and so it's like, uh, it's just fun to kind of preserve these conversations over the years that, and like having these all readily available and in a digital format so we yeah. can live on forever. No doubt. Well, thank you for doing what you do. And thanks oh, for thanks, having man. us. Yeah, it's thank been you a lot of fun. I, yeah. it's, you know, it's funny. Like we don't really sit around and talk a whole lot. I mean, we kind of do, but it's not as structured. Right. I've learned a lot. Like I've, li <laughs> like, like I've literally learned things about this band and you guys just yeah. being here. We've laughed. We've learned. We've <laughs> love, love, love. Yeah. We, uh, there's a, you know, it's funny. Cause like, it's it's said quite a bit like we're like maybe we should probably do this like once a month or something you know, just we like, should be we should go out to dinner guys yeah, yeah. Right. should boss it, battle have wait, their own uh, podcast yeah. i think our like we haven't had dinner like seriously as a, as a oh that was the thing we did a lot yeah with the early like, especially end of the band. Like, yeah, yeah we had dinner a lot just to hang out and yeah. just figure out when we could have band practice next <laughs> right yeah um, but yeah a lot of people uh, refer to it like a, a therapy and <laughs> And stuff like that, you know, it's like, it's, and I'm like, I'm cool. I'm glad you're, dude. I'm glad you brought that up. Like the, uh, the, the mental health benefits of this band for me, especially over the course of a pandemic has been sure. very important. Yeah. Oh, here, here. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. like that I, summer of 2020, when we started coming back together, yeah. even all the way through Christmas of that year. I, this was the only time I got out of my house and Same. saw people right. that were not my direct family. Like I probably saw you guys more than I saw my parents for like 10 months. No, for real. And yeah, I agree. It kind of like made me not go insane. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Music was really important during those couple of years for sure. I mean, it's always important, but like yeah. you, you kind of realize like when you don't have it for a while, hmm. like, I don't know, man. Like it's you feel a little aimless, <laughs> you know. Like you want to pour your creative energy into something, you just right. can't. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, you know, it's still reaping some of the some of the stuff, you know, from some of the uh, after effects of everything. But we're we're uh, we're definitely getting much back to everything's getting much more normal these days, and getting to play shows again, and all these things. So it's uh, I'm glad that. We, uh, it was, it did, uh, it was definitely tough, like to have something taken away from you for that, as long as we, you know, we're out without music and, uh, for it to be back to where we can join all of our friends and get rowdy and sweaty and have a good time. Like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's fun again. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So. I, you know, I, I'll look for the silver linings of the pandemic, but I think it really did for me personally, bring a bit more focus to the local scene. And mm -hmm. it, I wanted to search out or seek out more of those local bands. So, you know, I'm really happy that places like the Sinkhole are around and Off-Broadway is yeah. still around. And it's exciting to see Red Flag, you know, build a beautiful place. And oh my God, there's right. so many venues, you know, and, and, and again, you know, the conservatory, you know, everybody's doing a lot to, yeah. to support local music. And there's a lot of really good local music oh, yeah. out 
you kind of like lose sight of that after, you, do. you know, if you're not really paying attention. Like there's a ton of really talented yeah. bands in mm -hmm. our city. You know, yep. Yep. I've, been, I've been in a lot of cities and there's sometimes you don't get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know? you get you get a couple good bands and here it's it's a. Uh, I often wonder about like because I've never been anywhere else. So I wonder about that. Like, are, are, am I just biased because this is my community mm. or or are these bands really at that level that I think they are? You know, it's like, <laughs> I think both I, can be true. I mean, but like I'm saying, like, I just feel like I, I think, I mean, I would put a lot of my friends up against anybody. And I was like, I mean, like, what, if you like this band, check out this band. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, these bands could easily be right in the mix of the radio stuff and nobody would know that they're a St. Louis. You know, yeah. They happen to be live here in St. Louis. You know, it's like they deserve to be on that level, but it just not. We don't have like the money pushing them on to, hmm. you know, behind them to push them onto that level and stuff, or um, you know, on a tour support for some or whatever. You know, that where some of the breaks that some of the other bands have gotten, but doesn't mean that they're not, you know, equally as talented. You know, oh, for so, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, but and this the interesting about this band is like I I. We're, we don't really have like a aspiration for for much like we just want to like write good music and play some shows every now and again like we're not like yeah. we're playing the show in in uh tennessee on saturday and like uh it just the opportunity just kind of fell in our lap and so we're gonna do it but like uh i would be totally content just like playing one show every two months yeah. or something i'd be happy to be the home opener for anybody that rolls through town <laughs> yeah, right. like just yeah. or just like have some friends like the orange tree guys and playing with boomtown again that's like, fine by me yeah like, it's a fun night it's a great time to get so away you, you got people you know like like wes hoffman we were talking about wes hoffman like like that guy's like doing it you know like they're Heart, they're yeah. they're going out every almost every weekend for shows they're they're touring around they're they're pushing to be published in different publications it's, it's impressive and cool for them you know um and i love that like i can still have a really meaningful conversation about music with him and we're words over like, like, maybe we'll practice this week. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know like, like it doesn't matter. We'll get around to it eventually. Sure. We're just going to have a good time. I think you it's know? funny though. Like you, you three have like fairly extensive touring experience. And I, I was never quite in that band that did that. So like, I'm probably the one that's like, maybe we should do more. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go travel. I'm not against bit. it. I'm, I'm all right with it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, uh, maybe next year we get, Get a little more, you know, start start some more weekends out and do something like that, you know, get to put some more feelers out there. That's, I mean, I talk about it a lot, but obviously uh, that's what's very cool about St. Louis also is that we're right in the middle of the map and it's yep. ideal to hit Kansas City and Columbia, you know, on a weekend or whatever, you know, it's like yep. you can you can do a lot more, hit some other markets uh, relatively easily. Yeah. So, yep. um, you know, or whatever, Nashville, Chicago, you know, all the other. Indy. So, Indy's yeah, close. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're, so you're right. I mean, we're so close to so many yeah. big, medium-sized cities that you, yeah, it's can, not hard, you know, to yeah. come up with a weekend trip if yeah. you wanted. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, maybe uh, something to shoot for next year. But yeah, anyway, this has been a ton of fun, guys. I'm really glad we did this. And uh, thank you again for spending some time with me. And uh, let's do it again soon, man. Yeah, man. Thanks thank you for so much us. for coming on out. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.